Hey everybody, Cotton here. Uh, just to let y'all know that in this episode we had some pretty major technical issues with Discord. So about halfway through we had to switch to Zoom. Uh, it's not that bad. Uh, it's pretty seamless. So uh, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. So what's up, everybody? Well, I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a protest out in my house. Took me an hour to get home. Holy smokes. It is happening in Chicago, man. They are shutting the streets down. Sounds like a good time. Absolutely wild out here. Yeah. How's that? Uh, has that been pretty impactful in general? Just definitely, like day-to-day life? Definitely sad um, because my neighborhood is almost entirely boarded up. They broke like every single piece of glass on the main like strip that goes through my neighborhood so it's it's really sad man that sucks yeah because i mean there's there's obviously a lot that needs to be talked about and instead everybody's just talking about the the looting and the destruction and there's actually no conversation about what the protest is even about yeah like initially i was thinking um like what a lot of libertarians were thinking was just distance yourselves from the rioters, but continue protesting at this point, just with all the craziness. Like I agree with Dave Smith that just says, end it, you know, stop protesting because you're not going to be able to disassociate yourselves with the rioters. So it's, it's just not doing any good. Just stop it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, go ahead, go ahead, zero. No, I was just saying, I listened to that. uh, I think it's two. He had two episodes like that. But really just the one. But yeah, I, I, he kind of brought me over. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say anecdotally speaking to boomers in my day-to-day, you know, work and stuff, that's what people are associating. They're associating the violence, the destruction with the message, and they actually have no idea what the whole protest is about. People are like, oh, it's just an excuse to loot, if you ask, you know, these old people that I know. So the message is being lost as a result. So Dave Smith might be onto something. Yeah. And I mean, like, even I, like, that that's my, that's kind of what my focus has been on is like all the looting, you know, because like, I'm not, I'm not going to like sit there and, you know, go through all these, uh, these posts and, you know, like listen to some speech that someone's giving. I'm just going to be watching the videos of people beating up old people and, you know, breaking windows and stuff. Yeah. Well, Let's, uh, for, for this conversation, let's save that for the after hours, Patreon only episode, hint, hint, wink, wink to everybody listening. Um, but, uh, let's go ahead and get into the, uh, the topic at hand, which is crowdfunded government. That's right. Yeah. So we got Theodore on and, uh, he's the foremost advocate of crowdfunded government. Worldwide, I cannot find a single person who is pushing the idea harder than I am. So thank you, Cotton Zero, for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. Uh, we're glad to have you on, man. Yeah, man. So I think the first question that I kind of wanted to go with was, uh, can you give us like your three-minute elevator pitch? Sure. So the idea behind a crowdfunded government is that there is a current system in which there is a tremendous problem. And that is the system of how we pay for government. So 
as it is right now, you get a gun in your face, you got to pay your taxes. You got no option, and you also don't have any choice as to where that money goes. So I have a modest proposal to you all. And obviously, there's some nuance and some ifs, ands, or buts, but the bottom line is I'm a believer that if you take the system we have now with government, elections, etc., okay, we'll set that aside. We have that. Why is it that I have to be forced to pay for government programs? If a government program is a good idea, people would pay for it voluntarily. That's how the market works. So I'm a believer that we should reduce and eventually eliminate all involuntary tax taxation, whether it's property, income, sales, fees, all these different things that you're charged for by the government, they should all be voluntarily funded. And so that is how the name crowdfunded government has come about. So I am trying to push this idea and to you guys, hopefully we can start to poke some holes in it and see what we think. So that, that being the case, you said eventually you want taxation to be voluntary, right? Yeah. Um, you, you may notice I, I, I very, I prefaced with a very pragmatic statement. Yeah. And so like, how, how do you propose, um, going about ending taxation? Like, is that's a kind of a, is that on a, like a progressive timeline or I've, I've said the timeline is I have given the timeline as a thousand years for an idea like this to be fully implemented because think of it, we've had this system in place of there's the King, you got to give a cut of your money to the King. Otherwise he kills you. We've been doing that for thousands of years. So if, if we've been doing that since the beginning of Western civilization, then guess what? It's not going to change overnight. It's a thousand year idea. So I'm a believer in incrementalism and as being as pragmatic as possible. So for example, my best idea, let's say you have your property taxes. How about next year they are cut by 10%, but then you have the choice of that cut amount where it goes. So 90% of property taxes are normal. That extra 10 that's kind of sliced off to the side, you choose where it goes. And I, I can't imagine that if you tried this experiment, that people would be upset. I mean, what would be the argument against letting people choose where 10% of their money goes? Let's say there's five buckets of different things that are not necessarily essential, and you can choose that last 10% where it goes. I've always felt like that would be a great introduction. It would get people asking questions. Why only 10%? Why only these programs? So that's my that would be my question to you guys, which would be, it, does that seem like a reasonable first step? Is there is there an objection from the audience that we can we can think about that if you allowed a little bit of voluntary choice in regards to involuntarily collected taxation, I feel like that's the best way to get from here to there. Yeah, my only issue is uh, what about, uh, okay, so like right now, taxes are collected because there's a gun in your face. And if you don't, pay those taxes, you're going to get hurt. Uh, what is it about this system that would make that gun go away, even with just that, that 10%? Oh, well, that, that, um, any, anything until a thousand years from now, it's very unlikely that you're, there isn't going to be a gun in your face in some way, shape, or form. Um, that is the dream for a future generation to try to figure out. Um, what I'm just saying now is yes, there would definitely still be a gun and yes, you'd still have to give a hundred percent. But if we introduce these small voluntary choices, 
we might find that it's very popular. And that is how ideas spread is through experimentation and then results. Okay. And so would you say you want to start that on a local level or is this, you know, you want to go national with it first? I think you have to go as local as possible if you want to try experiments like this. I mean, the labyrinth of federal spending is unbelievable. And so I do have many apolitical views, but I do have one political view or a of opinion about government. And that is that government should be as local as possible. So that would be something else that we would need to take a look at in regards to political structure, which is a lot of things are being done by the federal government that I don't understand why the states aren't doing. And a lot of things are being done by the state that I don't understand why the counties and cities aren't doing. And frankly, the cities, why are the neighborhoods not taking care of their own neighborhood? Why do we even need the city handling a lot of what it does for a neighborhood? So that's sort of that um, localism is a huge thing for me. And I think, I think if you try to put, pitch an idea like this federally, it's impossible. You might, you might as well be talking about unicorns and, and rainbows. Yeah. If, if you want to get to federal, you got to prove that it works at cities and counties and states before they'll ever consider changing the current system up there. It seems to me that the idea of working lo as locally as possible that seems like it should, um, it, like both both sides should like that, right? Because like the right-wingers are, I mean, maybe not as much anymore, but you know, like a true conservative will say that uh, you, you want to uh, localize, you know, government as much as possible, right? And kind of have like a fractured uh, responsibility, right? Um, or instead of a strong, uh, central government. And then like on the left, you'd think that they'd be, that they would be, uh, enthusiastic about community organizing and, and, uh, you know, getting, getting to know your community and, and, and working within that framework. Uh, so yeah, it does seem like that would be, that would be something that both sides would, would get on board with. Yeah, I love the way you're looking at that, because that that's pretty much how I've tried to frame this whole movement. The idea is that I believe you can get both sides of any political spectrum on board with the general tenets of more choice of what you do with your dollars, because both sides can tell you that there's stuff they don't support. And a lot of um, a lot of people have things that they want done in their community, much like you're saying, even people who might be very left wing or very right wing, they want certain things done. and that's a bipartisan idea, which is that we want things done locally is the best way to do them. The only group that I ever get in disputes with authoritarian collectivists and an authoritarian collectivist has no political philosophy. So I'm never worried about not get garnering their support because they are a dinosaur politically in the future. Authoritarian collectivists have no logic. If, if you even ask them to defend their position, all they're going to tell you is some kind of nonsense about a social contract that you didn't sign. Therefore, <laughs> you need to give all your money to stuff you don't agree with. How in the hell is that an argument? Yeah, my, my favorite thing to say to people like that is just to ask them, would you consider the 20th century a success? And no sane person would say yes. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. it, it could be a success in like the, uh, the effort of knowing what not to do, you know, but it certainly wasn't a success as far as the well-being of humanity.
and it was littered with authoritarianism i think that a lot of people like that they just they're they just like dominating people you know forcing them to uh bow to their will you know and you can't talk to them like about crowdfunding government or anarchy or you know you just can't reason with people like that no it's really it's a very closed-minded political philosophy which again it's not even a political philosophy it's a very closed-minded view of human enslavement so that's that that's the only in terms of you know trying to appeal to people with different opinions left right this and that yeah i think i i think i can do that it's just anybody who believes that it's good for you to put a gun in my face and do what you want with my money we got nowhere to go that's unfortunately a fundamental disagreement that i cannot convince you otherwise so if um if i'm trying to appeal to localism it's pretty bipartisan i can get most of both sides in on the idea that locally you should be choosing what you do with your money um that is a pretty the majority i believe uh and obviously we can have a discussion about with democracy blah 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 but it, you can get, I believe, a majority of people to agree that they want more local control of their money to do what they want, and they don't want to be told how much to pay or what to pay for. They can figure it out on their own. They're big boys and girls. Yeah. I mean, except for you have some people that, that do want to be told, you know? There's that percentage of the population that, um, like, they want direction, right? Yeah, and um, they are they are very interested in authoritarian collectivist solutions, which is, could somebody please tell me but more importantly, could somebody please tell my neighbor what to do? Because I don't think they're going to make a very good decision. And I know I can't make very good decisions. I mean, I, I, it's insane to even try to argue this. I don't even know who who makes these arguments. I think largely it's just government schooling. Mm -hmm. You know, pe people are uh, infantilized. And uh, more and more decisions just in their entire lifetime are uh, exported to a, a higher authority, that being the government, and they just don't know any different. Yeah, and I, I was one of them, by the way. It's not like I've had this crazy idea since I was born. I mean, I came through public education, and I believed that you tax the rich to pay for all the stuff. I mean, I believed that at one point, so I guess I, guess I can't understand where people are coming from, but it's like, wow, it's man. Once, once your eyes are open to this, once you take the red pill, it's like, how can you ever, I can't even remember how I was defending those ideas. Yeah. I was just defending them because that's what I was taught pretty much. Yeah. And then you learn economics. Yeah. That was actually, that was actually a very good start. Uh, my microeconomics class was one of the, was one of the ideas that really made me consider that everything that we do in life is a market decision and there's prices demand for everything. And uh, when, you, when you apply that to government, all of a sudden the rules of economics go out the window with government for okay. some reason. And it's, it's unbelievable mm -hmm. to me that it just because something is big and just because something is trying to accomplish complicated problems, oh, well, forget about accounting for it. Yeah, well, yeah, I, right. think, I think most people believe that the economy is created by the government. It's like a yes. man-made thing that does not exist independently from, you know, that small collection of people in Washington. Yeah, and that's actually what's really scary right now is we we went through a time over the past few months where the government stepped in and paid everybody's paychecks, 
pay, you know, all the companies are being paid to keep people on their payrolls. Unemployment got extra money. Um, and the Federal Reserve is doing all sorts of financial maneuvers to support corporations. And it's very scary because the lesson to be learned from the response is don't worry about the government will help you if you're ever in trouble. And that is not a good pathway to a prosperous future. No, I completely agree. And the crazy part about the stimulus um, bill that got passed is that people don't understand that it, it was just a massive wealth transfer. Uh, you know, everyone wants to tax the rich and, and give that money to the poor, but that stimulus bill was the exact opposite. It was it was taking uh, the value of your money and you know just just it, it just drastically devalues that and and who and who profits from that it's the people that uh are the first to uh to get the the quantitative uh easing money you know hey everybody uh technical difficulties we have migrated from discord to zoom uh chinese owned malware zoom uh I currently have in front of me Liberty Zero's uh, home address and social security number. <laughs> uh, if you uh, would like any of that information, DM me on Twitter and I will sell it to you for a very modest price. Um, so <laughs> uh, we have with us crowdfunded government and uh, we're hanging out, having a good time, talking about everything under the sun. Hey. Glad to be back. Holy smokes, man. I was, I was expecting a lot out of that discord thing, man. They are, they are really falling out. I, I, I see why zoom is such a big deal. It works. Yeah, it, it does work. And I mean, there are other things that work too. Here's the thing. Zencaster. Like I hear people love Zencaster and I know like, uh, I think, uh, friends against government is using Zencaster. Now I have never That's been able to get it to work. That's an endorsement if I've ever heard one. I, I can't get it to work, though. Like, it was me, um, Bullshito, Trent from Trent Must Talk, and Ghost from Anarchy Proper. We were we all joined as a Zencaster thing just as a test. We weren't recording anything. And it was so weird. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the show before. Like, you know, Didn't one we person. Try that with... yeah. We tried it with a Didn't we try that with pause? Yeah. yeah. And it just, I mean, he can attest to it. It's just not working. It's really weird, but I mean, hmm. there, there are some people that love it and you know, like I, it technically it's free, but you know, there may be some shenanigans going on. It's like, well, if you don't pay the monthly fee, of course it's not going to work right. You know, but everything <laughs> is free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what, I don't even, I can't even a paid service you know man so my my computer quit out what it was I, I was still in austin for childerberg uh i was working on my computer and then uh i went out to dinner with my buddy and then i came back and my computer wouldn't turn on and uh so when i got back home i took it to a shop and they said that the cord connecting the computer the motherboard and the internal hard drive had died and for whatever reason, uh, in replacing that cord, they had to wipe my computer. Not only oh. 
Yeah. So not only with that, did I lose all of my Bitcoin? Uh, <laughs> part, oh. of, part of that is my fault. Uh, I, I know I have my seed phrases somewhere. So one day I'm going to find them and I'm going to have a payday. But right now okay, I cannot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but right now I cannot access my Bitcoin. The other thing is, uh, uh, damn, what was I about to say? I don't know, but the idea of just locking your Bitcoin away for like 40 years is a really good idea. Yeah, there are a lot of people that do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. People, and you're going to do it accidentally, and then yeah. you're going to wake up and you're going to have like a million dollars in your account when you're like 50. I don't know. It'd be cool. <laughs> or whatever, when you're 100, you know, whatever. Do the math. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I can pay for like two years of a nursing home. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say by then, <laughs> by then, however much Bitcoin I have is going to be worth 10 bucks. Uh, I think if, if the Bitcoin predictions are correct, it's going to be the opposite because it's deflationary. Yeah, that's it, right. It, it will increase in value unless everybody agrees to fork off in something that is inflationary. Yeah, so I have no could, worries about, I have no worries about Bitcoin. I have worries about certain industries being you know monopolized and or like uh regulated to death does that does that make sense what what, but how what what do you what is that um in in relation to bitcoin no like no so my comments about uh like it like having your bitcoin pay for two years of a nursing home like that was oh. a comment about like how so, so you you mean like I'm gonna is. I'm gonna have to go to the McDonald's nursing home or the Burger King nursing home and those are the only two. Oh, That's I right. thought you were saying that there weren't even gonna be nursing homes that we were just gonna turn all the old people into Soylent Green at one point. Well, actually, that's more likely at that <laughs> point. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna kill them. I got the answer. No more long term long term care costs, and I have the, I have the solution. <laughs> <laughs> that is not an official crowdfunding and, and, government I was, policy. I was, was going to say we crowdfunding the government. <laughs> we put an was, asterisk out there. Just let's not, I was going to say crowdfunded Soylent Green. <laughs> oh boy, I can diabolical right there. Diabolical. That's right. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's continue with uh, what we were talking about. Um, I think uh, I think Liberty Zero, you would be best to to keep the conversation going. Yeah, totally. So, with crowdfunding government, why do you want to turn old people into Soylent Green? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's a good question. So expensive, man. Answer the question. So, <laughs> like, at, like right before we ended, I was talking about blockchain technology and how it allows everyone to. Uh, to check kind of the ledger and uh, you know i i feel like that could be a way to um you know keep everything well i mean it, it it keeps everything public and so do you think that that's a good way to um basically if not eliminate i mean i don't think you can eliminate corruption but like do you think that would drastically cut down on uh corruption if oh you just you just asked the one question that depresses me oh 
Because right. if I would have called this when I, cause I, I, I had the idea of maybe a decade or maybe, uh, I don't know, six or seven years ago, but I, I put it into play in 2016. Um, if I would have called this blockchain government, you guys wouldn't be talking to me right now. I'd be on Fox. News. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. I, I, this idea is a blockchain uh, structure. Basically, you're voluntarily giving money. We need to track that those dollars are actually going to the program. Because like you're saying, so much corruption in government. You're just going to let this all just, all this money supposedly being voluntarily given going to the right places? No, I would want a blockchain or equivalent basically saying, here is the genesis of the money. Here's the path that it took. Here's where it ended up. And that's all public. So I didn't think of it in 2016, but had I called it blockchain government, I would be, this, it would already be in place. We'd already be doing it, man. Everybody would have already agreed in 2017. Yeah, great idea. Let's do it. Yeah. So, man, man, did I blow it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that is my greatest regret is I called it something that at the time, right, crowdfunded was, crowdfunding was still a big deal. You know, it was like a meme. It was just Marion, Marion Webster just added it to the dictionary a few years before. It was very cool. So, oh, blockchain is the answer for uh, keeping government accountable, for sure. Yeah, and I, I can only imagine, um, you know, you're just looking at how, the uh, government spends its money and, and you realize that, I mean, I, I'm not totally sure what the percentage is, but just, it's probably some obscene percentage just goes to paying bureaucrats and, uh, you know, maintaining buildings and, and buying the artwork for <laughs> said yeah. buildings, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's why the idea of voluntarily paying for what you get is only part of the equation. The other part of the equation is fully transparent government budgets for each government program. Give me, material, labor, assets, and equipment. If, if private industry can accomplish this and nonprofit organizations can accomplish this, why is it impossible for the government to itemize what the hell they're spending their money on? Any other organization knows down to the penny what they're spending on everything. And if it's available to the shareholders or to the management, right? Depending on what, what type of organization it is. But it is certainly not, it is, it is unacceptable to me that government can spend money on all this stuff. And it just under happens under the cover of night in these, you know, one and a half trillion dollar bills. And at the state level, billions and billions, you don't know where it goes. So tracking where the money goes, exactly what the budgets are, put them in writing, itemize them. I'm big on that. I think that's a great first step as well, which is trying to de, uh, declutter, unmask the, the hidden functions that government is doing that nobody's talking about. Yeah, and and the thing is that once you have people uh, basically deciding where their money is going, like they're going to be looking at that stuff. You know, they have an incentive to actually check out what exactly. Okay, I'm going to fund the police. Oh, wh why are they why are they buying a uh, an MRAP? Yeah, uh, th th this whole defund the police is a great jumping point um, for the idea of the crowdfunded government because you would have different police departments do different things, right? They have, you know, your, your drug task force. They got your normal traffic cops. They got your walking around beat cops. They got all these detective work. They have all these different things that, that some, you, you might disagree with some of the things and, and, and then they're buying like, you know, uh, military equipment and SWAT teams and stuff like that. So people should have the choice. Like they should say, well, I support these things for public security, but I think these other things are ridiculous. I don't want them buying a tank. I think that's ridiculous. I'm not paying to the tank fund, stuff like that. 
<laughs> Break it down. Don't just def. I mean, uh, if if you can, you got like a Detroit threat management figured out. Great. Throw the whole police department out. That's fine. But mm -hmm. if you don't, at least in the meantime, start to trim the fat. Choose these these programs that people are disgusted by. Oh, anybody happy when they when they see a tank rolling down the street and seeing these videos? Does anybody like that? Oh, I, I'm sure there are some uh, right wingers who get a bonus. Hey, fine. Guess what? Crowdfunded government, spend as much of your money as you want on the tank program. Don't take mine. <laughs> That's fine. There you, there you go. Yeah, it'd be interesting to to see the different areas of the country and, and how, you know, the priorities are going to differ. And you'll see what they, uh, you know, what they're going to be spending their money on. Yeah, we can get to the Alexander de Tocqueville dream that these were laboratories of democracy. They were 13 countries, 50 countries. That was the whole idea that we were these republics that agreed to share on common issues, not a top-down, it was never a top-down one, one government system. That, that's fundamentally not what we tried to create at all. So you can imagine, you'd have, some, you'd have some states and some cities doing radical experiments, and if they work, spread them. If they don't, ditch them. That's, that's the kind of flexibility that a crowdfunder government would, would offer. It, it occurred, and, and Cotton, I'm going to let you uh, ask a question after this, but uh, it occurs to me that um, with this system, you know, if it takes off, you'd see like mass migration from areas that are doing a poor job to, uh, to you know, cities or, or, or uh, states that are, you know, doing this and, uh, you know, really kicking up the, uh, qual you know, the, the, uh, quality of life and, you know, and, and, uh, just doing a fantastic job or well government, but, uh, doing a better job than. Yeah. I, I love the idea of you have two States or two cities or two counties and they're both doing radically different things and people would move between them. I mean, it's, that's, it's very important that people have the choice to live in the, in the society that they want. And right now in America, there's so little differences between cities and states. It's basically the, and there's like one yeah. or two laws that are different in each city or each state. It's like, what's the difference? And they all have to deal with the federal government. Exactly. That's the unifying problem that I see is there's so much of a drive at state governments to make everything uniform with the way that the federal codes and federal statutes, federal regulations are working. And when in history has that ever worked? When has that ever been a good idea? Hey, everybody, let's all do the same thing. Don't, don't experiment. Don't try anything radical. When, when is that ever a good idea? <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Cotton, I've, st I've stolen the microphone for like a, an hour here. No, it's fine. Um, what, uh, damn, man, I had a great question uh, and it just uh, went away. I completely forgot. I'll tell you what, I'm noticing a difference. I am noticing that um, the people in, with energy drinks right now are fired up. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you are just chilling, bro. Man, I'm chilling. Uh, that's cool. That 7% alcohol New Belgians kicking in. Um, hey, man. Well, well, Cotton, while you think of your question, I have another one. Uh, yeah, Theodore, what, what, uh, what do you say to the people that would 
that would object and say that you have a free rider problem in a uh, a voluntary crowdfunded government. Oh man, the tragedy of the commons, Theodore. Didn't you didn't you learn about that? And yes, I did. I was a uh, a major in public policy at a well respected edu- uh, university. So yeah, I am well aware of the tragedy of the commons and the idea that if if somebody doesn't want to pay for something but they want to use the services, why why should I force somebody who can't afford it to pay that? Basically, I see it as a very evil idea that you must pay to play. So with this crowdfunded government idea, I'm a believer that there should be no stamps. So for example, if you want a fire service, you have to pay your local fire department, you know, hundred bucks a, a year or whatever. And if you don't pay that, well, it's uh, your house gets to burn down because you didn't pay the fee. So the way that I see the free rider problem dealing with itself is basically you have, the firehouse is a great example. Each year, you only have so many people that are paying into it. Let's say 50% of people are actually paying into it a reasonable amount. The other 50% of people are not. Well, a year goes by and you get a chance to see how well it's working. And if people are happy with the way that it's working, I don't see a reason why this is a problem that half the people want to pay for it and half the people don't. And a hundred percent of people are satisfied with the services. What, why is it a problem? Like why is there a need for fairness in stealing other people's money? I, I I've never seen that as fair or a problem of equity that somehow just because I haven't paid cause I can't afford it. Doesn't mean that I deserve to have uh, the rights uh, or expectations that society ha- that we have in society. I, I feel it's immoral to make that argument to somebody. So free rider, I don't care. The most important part of crowdfunded government is that you have the right to give zero dollars to every government program. And if there's no punishment for doing that, you do what you want, do what you think is right with your money. But I'm a believer in the market system. I'm a believer that if enough people don't contribute to the fire department and there's a few major fires and they do a terrible job because they don't have the resources, I believe that the free market of ideas in people's wallets will lead to them giving more money in the next budget cycle. Okay. Uh, I I have my, uh, my question and it's a very, this better be good. It's very, it's, (laughs) It's very pessimistic. Um, so let's say that this is instituted, right? And everybody gets a, I, I, just how I'm formulating it, you know, people get a census type forum where they can pick where their money goes, right? And yeah. say, and, and in a system like that, naturally there would be people that are, um, put in difficult situations like there are people that can't find work or don't want to work and uh they get no state uh aid in those uh in those times of hardship and of course the media would focus on those so then what if if the crowdfunded government were put into place what if there was a shift in opinion and more than 50 percent of people wanted to go back to the old way of uh extortionary uh, tax collection that's fine I'll, I'll bet you it doesn't happen <laughs> I don't know anybody who is like I mean okay I know some people on Twitter I don't know if they're real people who are happy about taxes and like how taxes work but in the real world I never meet these people who are like jazzed up about how the current system works 
everybody's got complaints. And that's, uh, that's how it is, man. That, that would simply put, that's how, that's how it is. If, if yeah. people don't, if people don't like the system, then go back to having a gun in your face. I just feel like every time you give people a chance to be more free in general, I think they're going to take it and they're going to enjoy it and they're going to spread it. I mean, they're, they're going to, they're going to be happy about it. I mean, I'm imagining just at a basic level, you have one County doing some form of crowdfunding government. The County next to it is not, is it really possible that the County that's not is going to tell its people, Hey, you guys are stupid. You guys don't know what to do with your money. Like they over there, like they're smarter than you guys. You guys can't figure this out. I feel like, I feel like it's contagious to try this yeah. idea because it, it basically says you guys are capable of, of making intelligent, informed decisions. And I believe that to be the case. Um, I, I don't believe that for some reason there would be this area of people who are like, no, we like being stupid and in the dark about what government's doing with our money. Fair enough. So they, and then they over, <laughs> you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be in like a coercive County where they're, they're still doing the arcane system we have now. And then you're going to move into a, uh, you're just, you're just driving along and then you drive into a free County and the road gets a lot better. That's <laughs> right. That's what I believe. I, I believe that. I think, I think if, if you drive on the roads in Chicago, you can find out for yourself. The system oh, does not work. Everybody. Come to Louisiana, dude. We have some of the worst roads. Like, really? I mean, you guys, you, you guys don't have the freeze thaw, though. Why is that? Oh man, this is a it's throwback like, to episode one. It's, oh yeah. wow, <laughs> dude! You, when, when you're driving in Louisiana, it's like you're driving in Fallujah. I mean, <laughs> it is bad. And like when I went to Childerberg, I. I cross over the texas border oh yeah you know you you don't even have to see any signs you know you're outside of louisiana because the road gets a hell of a lot better yeah those texas roads were nice speaking of childerberg childerberg i listened to your guys's childerberg episode that was really it was really great to hear like all the people that you guys were mentioning it was so cool because obviously i have memories from last year with a lot of them i could not attend and i'm very sorry um I really wish I could have been there because God, I, I loved hearing the, you know, the sequence of events, you know, we showed up and Maddie K shows up and I'm remembering Maddie K and I was like, Oh my God, that's great. You know, and the car <laughs> shows up remembering car and I, Oh man, I loved that. God, that was good. Uh, well, yeah, it was a good Derek, episode. Yeah. Derek was saying that was our, our best episode so far. Well, we, it was, we, it was we were in the same room as one another too. I think yes. that made a difference. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, cause there, there's like a delay and like, you don't have the chemistry over, the the video call but man when you're there with somebody you guys were you guys were snapping back and forth on the cool stories cool memories gosh i am upset that i didn't go but boy uh, go ahead sorry no i was gonna say there, there was a lot of chemistry in the room yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that uh there was not uh i was okay so i was on like the left <laughs> side of the couch right on liberty zero's couch and uh he was he was pretty close to me, all right. He was he was sitting on the couch and he was scooching over a little bit and I felt pretty uncomfortable and I mean I felt like I was in a Joe Biden type situation and I'm contacting my lawyer. He he pushed <laughs> I, I put my hand on his knee and he pushed it away. It was yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Oh man, I would be a fly on the wall in that room. Oh man, I'd pay for that. <laughs> yeah. Um I and I, there's a reason why I'm very disappointed that I couldn't go to Childerberg because I was a uh I was made out to be 
a, an important figure last year. And I'm wondering which person took my, my crown from me this year. Oh. Um. I am the big, according to people, and we'll discuss what I think about this. <laughs> I'm the biggest state. I was the biggest statist at Childerberg. Really? Yes. Okay. Were that there any so statists at Childerberg this year? Um, I know uh, Stateless Cook said he never read any Rothbard. Whoa, how could he even, dude, why would you even say that? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Like, yeah, if you're just trying to start a fight, yeah, you know, the guy who has all those ideas, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, man. I've, I've only read the quotes, man. It's true, true. I've, I've only read the quotes and like some snippets. I'm not, I'm not well educated on uh, all, all facets of anarcho thought um or economic thought for that matter um so the biggest statist because i have government in my name right yeah well am i really arguing for government gentlemen am i really saying that government is good or does it appear that i'm making sort of a an, a, a sort of parallel argument or i'm going down a different road yeah well, i mean i yeah. I, I, I'm thinking, I, I agree with you. I do think you're going down a different road, but also consider that uh, the people at Childerberg, due to the various substances being uh, ingested, may not be able to make that leap. Which is, which is fine. So the, the joke last year was <laughs> that uh, th there will be a ritual sacrifice of a statist at every Childerberg. No. Oh, so, so that's why you didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they fake, like, started to drag me to the lake um for the <laughs> sacrifice last year um and so i'm i'm a little upset because in my opinion i might be the least statist person that attended childerberg and i'm ready to make that argument please do yeah let's hear if, it. if i were and i'm not saying that i am but if i were the most hardcore anarchist that you've ever met wouldn't that be somebody who would come up with a formula and spend all day every day pushing that formula to lead to a stateless society, which a crowdfunded government absolutely is the best route if you were trying to transition from here to there. Wouldn't the most hardcore anarchist that you've ever met do something like that? Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, you know, I, most anarchists, we just love talking and, and uh, taking a, a shit on people, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So I, I certainly don't want to be insulting to anybody involved with either you guys or them, because obviously a lot of my friends, very cool people, but a lot of them are not doing much more than complaining. And I don't think they would argue against that. It's not a knock or an insult. That's just reality. That Twitter is a place where you go and you bitch and you spread, you know, but you don't, you don't solve the world's problems. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to solve the world's problems, brothers, you know? Yeah. I am, I am out there with a system. Now, this system does involve government. Yes. Why? Because we have government. How do you, if, if I were to argue to everybody, hey, you know what? Government is terrible. Let's crowdfund everything with, with private organizations. That's unrealistic. That's stupid. I'm wasting my time. So if, I'm just putting an if, if I were the world's most hardcore anarchist, it would make sense that I would come up with a system that could easily transition out of the current system of statism that we have. And I think that would look something like a crowdfunded government. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I'm the only, the other, uh, go ahead. I was going to say the only like uh, solutions that anarchists, like 
the only serious solutions, I guess, and I have my doubts like on the viability of them is the, you know, basically where people talk about how they're going to starve the state either through a agorism or cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Agorism and cryptocurrency are great avenues to replace the state and um, to make the state obsolete. That's exactly right. So I guess those are, those are the reasons why I think I, I interact very well with people, even if I'm not an expert on those topics, because they can kind of see the direction that an idea like mine could go. Ideas like those are naturally falling in that direction. So makes sense to me. Um, agorists are definitely proposing a real solution to trying to reduce the influence of the state in their life. They're actually, agorists are people that I, I can really respect because they are actually doing something. They, yeah. They're taking, they're taking, steps in their life, in their family's life, and they're showing their community that here's how we can do things outside of the existing markets, the existing channels that we're forced to, to exist in. So, I'm, I mean, I, I really respect it. Obviously, I'm, I'm pretty neutral when it comes to, is it a good idea or a bad idea? doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that people are free to make their own decisions in regards to what, what they do with their money. And I don't consider myself statist as a result. Um, I maybe state as the light because I, I don't believe in destroying everything overnight, but I, I allow for two alternatives a thousand years from now, either everything the government does is private and it's all run by crowdfunded uh, budgets. Hey, or everything is the same and it's just all voluntary. I don't care. Just as long as it's voluntarily paid for, I don't care what that end, the ending organization looks like. I, uh, I, I just want to show, I want to throw a little shade real quick. Um, is it just me or to y'all do quite a lot of agorists seem like they're, it's a religion of some sort. <laughs> you know what them. I mean? I mean, it's odd. Like some, some of these agorists, like if I, I think that there are quite a bit of, uh, I mean, I'm not against the system or the process of agorism in starving the state. But, you know, there's some, some real contentions you can have. And if you ever mention them to a diehard Konkin reading agorist, you know, like you just, you just blasphemed, you know, and uh, it's odd. It's very odd to me. Yeah. Um, I, I would also say though, you could put me in the same camp. That um, sometimes I'm so uh, I'm so evangelical or fundamental about my ideas that I do sort of dismiss, you know, whenever people are trying to like really beat up, kind of like I got, right. I got you know I got I'm, at this point my opinion is made up. If if I in the past four years nobody has even nobody has even mentioned anything to me where I'm like oh wow this this might be a bad idea. Like every time somebody has an objection, I'm like duh, think about it talk about it makes sense yeah so I, i'm just as guilty as uh, as the um as the uh religion of agora um i'm I, I certainly i'll admit it before i throw some shade their way that um i am sort of i have some of the similar um some of the similar issues i would say yeah yeah i mean that, that's something that i've noticed uh with myself i used to argue with people a lot and then I just got bored with it because generally I, I didn't consider the their arguments to be, you know, uh, I don't know, good, I guess. And so, you know, so the, like the past couple of years, I haven't really 
bothered with it. And, you know, now if I do have a conversation, like I haven't thought about this for a while and I'm like, uh, well, let's see here. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm slow to respond just cause I'm lazy about it, you know? Yeah. I don't, uh, like my old roommate was a, uh, uh, like he had, he, he would every now and again, whenever Trump would offer a new hat, if you donated $50 to his campaign, he'd always do it so he could collect all the different make America great again hats. And we would get in arguments and eventually I'm like, I, this is just a waste of time. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, and yeah. In, in hindsight, I'm not incredibly sure it is. Cause like at the very least I was getting exercise, like mental exercise doing it, but oh. you know, like it, it was, it was infuriating. Like it definitely made me want to take some blood pressure medication. You know what I mean? <laughs> but well, there's I mean, one thing, one thing I'd like you to consider um, zero about that idea is that when you converted, cause I, 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 I guess I'm just assuming that you were never always a believer in, you know, full on libertarianism, anarchism, right? There, there was some right, point yeah. where you were kind of mixed. Um, cause I'm thinking about my own journey that people told me some of these ideas and I just rejected them. And eventually, thinking about it on my own, it helped that these people had pushed back because then they gave me something to think about. But mm -hmm. ultimately, the only change happened when I decided that I was ready. And no amount of arguing with me would have led to that because I was so hard-headed as like a, you know, a undergraduate of public policy. I understand how taxes work and I understand how all this works and this works my way because I'm, a, I'm an elite liberal university educated, right? So I, I kind of understand that if you keep arguing with somebody, it's not going to lead anywhere. The best thing you can do is just plant the seeds, you know, give them an objection. They give you an objection and just at some point, there's no need to go back and forth. Either you're going to eventually agree with them, they're going to eventually agree with you, you're both going to die disagreeing. I don't know. But nobody, nobody will ever believe in liberty by force. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would defeat the whole purpose, right? <laughs> Somebody coerced <laughs> you into believing in liberty. So um, there's, there's something to be said. I, I don't think you should be upset that occasionally you don't want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe on Twitter or, God forbid, real life with somebody about um, freedom and anarchy and libertarianism and, and all these different things that are great to talk about because some people aren't ready yet and they'll, they will let you know when they're ready. Hey, what was that thing you were talking about? How we really don't need that many taxes. Like I, I, maybe I agree with you, but the military, we still need taxes, right? I mean, at least you can get people like, you know, you feed the idea and you see one day if the seed grows. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's something that I've seen. I have, for people that are close to me that I've, I haven't gotten them to embrace anarchy or anything, but, and I think only one of them calls themselves a, a libertarian, but like I've moved all four of them like way further or yeah, like towards Liberty than they were before, you know, and, and before they were more like, well, three of them were on the right, you know, conservative types, uh, and then one one's on the left and uh but you know you just you uh you have that conversation and you know sometimes they're gonna get a little bit heated uh because you, you're proposing these radical ideas but uh you know you're just patient and you uh you know you, you have that conversation in uh, in good faith and you're not about winning the argument so much as uh you know, answering their questions and all.
I have a, I have a great story about that, by the way. So um, a friend of mine who uh, we moved to a different city, so we kind of, you know, fell apart. Um, he, uh, he was just kind of talking to me one day about this crowdfunded thing when it started out a few years ago. And, you know, I was just shooting with him. Here's this, here's that. He's like, oh, my God, that's really stupid, man. You really shouldn't <laughs> spend any time on that. And I'm like, hey, listen, brother, I thought it was stupid 10 years ago, too, because uh, my college roommate had mentioned sort of a similar idea. And I'm like, hey, listen, okay, I tell you, it's stupid, fine. And a year ago, he reached out to me. He's like, dude, I was thinking about that thing. I, I listened to one of those podcasts. You're on to something. And so I'm... <laughs> I'm cool with that. The fact that I, I'm perfectly fine that he mocked me, told me it sounded stupid, and then just spun the wheel. The wheel just spun for like a couple years, right? And he was just thinking to himself, man, Theodore's stupid. Man, Theodore's stupid. I'm going to listen to one of those stupid things, you know? <laughs> and it turns out it, it was not like a, a firm rejection. Like you have some very good points, things that, you know, obviously still apart, but um, it doesn't, it never requires. Uh, too much debating. And honestly, I think half of the people on Twitter who are starting the arguments with the Liberty community are trolls, hundred percent. Yeah. Or, or they're, you know, like we mentioned earlier, they're the, uh, the left-wing authoritarians. Well, they, see, you know, I don't believe there's types. that many though. Sometimes, sometimes I'm sure that there are these accounts and I know that there's a couple, but they're really obvious, but I mean, it's like, you'll see just these ridiculous statements and then one of the influential members will quote tweet them and they'll get ratioed like a thousand to like, you know, <laughs> 10, right? Well, that is, in my opinion, sometimes it's counterproductive to have these big arguments because we just need to plant the seeds. I don't know. And that's why I think that people are, some of these people are fake because their arguments are so bad. It's like they're, they're trying to stir up, <laughs> they're trying to stir up controversy because there's not yeah. enough people who are really arguing against Liberty. Do you know who uh, Kyle Wagner is? Oh, uh, rings a rings a bell, but not um, not off the top of my head. So he uh, he's a pretty famous minarchist, especially if you're on Facebook, and that's where I got started with the uh, Boomer Libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but that's where I got that's where I got started with uh, like conversations with libertarians, and so he's this pretty famous minarchist. He admins this uh anarchist or anarcho-capitalist versus minarchist debate group and that guy has the stupidest arguments for minarchy out there and like they're, they're so stupid that I, I almost wonder if he's a uh, a secret anarchist you know yeah, it might be an op oh wow that's so it's actually somebody arguing for but then in a in a in a like a humorously bad way yeah, that's, it, that's like, just kind of satire, you know. Yeah, wow, that's but it's like it's like satire squared though. Like he's like, because <laughs> usually yeah. you would satirize the the opponent's position, you know. You you would pretend to have the bad argument so you can beat up on on the uh, paper bag argument. But that's that's like flipping the script. Like I'm going to intentionally make bad arguments so that you can quote unquote beat me and then stay in the in the in the debate. Yeah, and. and... He's basically, uh, you know, I, I started out agreeing with him just because I didn't know anything. And then, like, his arguments were just so bad when he's arguing with these anarchists that uh, I, uh, that was a, that what, that's one of the things that pushed me, you know, into. Well, they, they say it takes about six months, you know. Yeah. I, and that's about what it took for me. Well, all right, fellas. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the main episode and then carry on to the uh, 
the Patreon show. I hope you uh, enjoyed it, Pores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Theodore, why don't you go ahead and give your plugs? Cotton Zero, thank you so much for having me. My name is Theodore Quinoa, Executive Director, Crowdfunded Government. You can find me on Twitter, at CrowdfundedGov, and you can find the website at crowdfundedgovernment.com. And I love to uh, mix it up. I've been taking it easy recently on Twitter just because it's like a really sensitive time to get in arguments and stuff. So I've been taking it a little easy. However, I'm always happy to jump in. So find your stupid statist uncle, bring him to me, have him tweet me that uh, crowdfunding government is stupid and it'll never work because nobody will pay anything and blah, blah, blah. Let's have the fireworks fly. I love the debate. Love to have it happen. Find me on Twitter at crowdfundedgov. Awesome, man. Um, and uh, you can find me at Cottonarchist on Twitter. Uh, recently passed Liberty Zero and followers, so I'm riding pretty high. Aww. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> having a good time, living life. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, go 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 ahead. Say, no, say what I mean, what, what, am, what am I gonna say? You know. <laughs> I mean, just be better. You, you, you got to know, you got to know when you, when you've been beat. So, <laughs> uh, you can find, uh, uh, the show's Twitter at dissecting L I B Y dissecting Libby. That's the best thing I could get. Uh, and go ahead. Liberty zero. Go ahead and plug your poor, uh, sorry ass Twitter account. <laughs> yes. You can, you can find me, uh, tweeting some memes and that's about it uh at liberty zero with a a zero and seven oh at the end yeah and uh before we sign off we just want to shout out ghost of rebellion for the new intro and outro music yeah ghost of rebellion of anarchy proper that's right a plus dude so uh this is Liberty Zero reminding you to zero your rifle. And this is Cotton Arcus reminding you to pick cotton voluntarily. Please and thank you. <laughs>